Credulous installment will feature commentary from comrades Scott, Sarah, Kava, and myself. To kick it off with some national news, pondering Ghislaine's fate, the Cuomo family fallout, Elon's spacefaring fund in dire straits, the DSA's unhealthy attachment to Jamal Bowman, and Pop-Tart shaming of all things. I then cover three major socialist victories in South America, including as much historical materialism as I can muster in one segment. In the final stretch, Kava makes one retraction and introduces us to the potato product absolutely nobody has been asking for. This bogus report claimed that these media outlets and these Sandinista activists needed to be purged because they were a so-called troll farm run by the Nicaraguan government and the Sandinista Front. Now, that is totally bogus, again, because as I showed in these interviews that I did, video interviews, these are real people. I know them personally. Second of all, after these Nicaraguans posted video on their Twitter accounts saying, Facebook purged me, I'm not a bot, here I am. And what was the response of Twitter? Twitter then suspended their accounts. Okay, my hot take was that Taxi Driver is an incel movie. Fuck y'all. Travis Bickle is an incel as a character. Doesn't make it not a good movie. Sarah, you had a hot take. <laughs> this is how we are starting a show. <laughs> do, I, do I have to? You don't have to, but... I think my hot take from earlier from a discussion with some people from school is that... Um, uh, no, no, I don't... Sorry. No. <laughs> Never mind. Just got the whole thing. Just go on to something else. Talk about the news. Did you go to school in Canada? Yeah. Correct? Okay. Hot take is that... that hot take is it's not hot in Canada right now. Fucking a sexy beat. No, we don't like... What? We don't like Trudeau. <laughs> we don't like... We don't like... We don't, we don't, we don't like that Trudeau. Trudeau-don't. Yes! <laughs> Trudeau-don't. Put on that blackface, Justin. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, to the news! Uh, Joe's not with us, so I'm taking the reins, but it's it's kind of universal. There's not much going on. There's always a lot going on, but there's some important headlines. Ghislaine. I always want to call her Ghislaine. I know. But Ghislaine Maxwell's trial it's has Ghislaine? begun. It's Ghislaine, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> you look at how it's spelled. It's French. So uh, apparently that's how the French spell Ghislaine. Oh, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's trial day two. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, you know, <laughs> she what? she's guilty. I mean, she should be in jail and we should see all the like, you know, all the secrets should come out. But chances are something's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. She'll probably end up dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I shouldn't so laugh. We. So with whom? All of us. Why? Wait, are we going to be killed by the government because we know things about the secret pedophile rings? I mean, I'm gonna end up dead. I don't know about you oh, guys. Oh, you mean like in the long term? Okay. In the long term. <laughs> yes, uh, in the long term, like her father, Ghislaine Maxwell, will die. Yes. Just like her father. Just like her father and her lover, she will die under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> 
So God knows how that's gonna, how long that's gonna happen for. Um, fuck, maybe she'll get off. If you know well, what I mean. She'll get off. Yeah. If you, yeah. Do do do. So in the long run. In the long term, y'all get off. Yes. What the fuck? Speaking of getting off, CNN suspends Chris Cuomo because he used the apparatus of CNN to spy on his brother's accusers and intimidate them. LOL. Remember, all I can think about right now is Randy Rainbow and, and the Cuomo sexual thing and just the whole like celebration of Cuomo that happened during COVID last year. Seems like a pretty rotten family. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I challenge the listener to find any point at which we defended Chris Cuomo or Andrew Cuomo about anything in the yeah. entire history of the podcast. If yeah. you can find one, you get a free t-shirt. Yeah. People really enjoy hero worship. They were like, wow. Oh, yeah. The beginning, they're like, oh, my God, he's it. He's like the next president. He's, he's going <laughs> to I feel like thinking like fan art and like. I'm sure people oh, turn God, him as like, I'm like unload my sexual fan. frustration on this man. This now. I'm gonna find some Andrew Cuomo fan art. Yeah, I'm sure somebody online painted like a, a Jesus-like portrait of him leading I us to salvation that, or something. People really want to like, holy shit, suck somebody off. Yeah, Frank Herbert was right in reality, and also you know, um, metaphorically. Yeah, I'm just looking around at all my posters. I got. <laughs> Fred Hampton, I got Lennon, I got Ho Chi Minh, Franz Fanon, Alexander Kalantai. What a line. We got Che, we got Sankara. I guess Carlene just took down the Marx shirt. We got... Wait, is that a... Oh, wow, there's so... Wear a mask, not a chin guard. Rosa Luxemburg. What's that woman's name? I think it's Pavlichenko. Is that it? Is that the name of the Russian sniper? Is she the one who killed like 200 Nazis? She killed like over three hundred Nazis. Well, uh, well, you know, I was lowballing it just to be safe. She killed ten thousand and thirty-one Nazis. She killed one billion senators. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, why? <laughs> that was a reference to Matty Iglesias' ridiculous one billion Americans thing. But he's oh, also okay. said one billion senators too. What a weird man. Anyway, speaking of weird men in hero worship, SpaceX might be going out of business. Via bankruptcy. I guess they're not a business, but SpaceX, but SpaceX is facing bankruptcy. We love it, folks. Elon, we love it. There was a uh, recent thing that happened on the Crew Dragon capsule, I guess it's called, where the toilet stopped working, so the crew had to use diapers. That's wonderful. Yep. So their spaceships are just as effective as their cars. Yep. Hmm. They no. haven't killed anybody yet. But. They've had more success with spaceships than cars. But like, That's true. It's a pretty low buy. Hmm. They're like the Wright brothers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, know, man. What? I don't know enough about the Wright brothers to co-sign that. Don't. Yeah, maybe That's fine. No, like, I don't know what I don't know what I like, meant by that. I mean, like, the, the plane was invented before the car. It's kind of what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of all I meant, is that they've had success with aviation before they had success with uh, four wheels and an engine. just want to make that clear. Anyways, uh, yeah. I don't think that's true, actually. I think you made that up. What? I think you made that up. What? The invention of the car? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there were, like, ground vehicles before there was a successful plane 
You might be right. You might be right. No, because there were birds before that. No, you were right. The first car was 1886. The Wright brothers flew their plane in 1903, so I retract what I said. So actually, they're the reverse Wright brothers. They're the wrong brothers. The wrong brothers. The incorrect brothers. They are the wrong brothers. W-R-O-N-G. I mean, their their cars crash, like, enough that, yes. Again, it's going to kill your dad. It's not really true either. (laughs) They don't crash. They just, like, overheat the fucking lithium... Never mind. I'll I'll just agree with you. No, I'll they make do you... crash. There is an incident of one driving off of like a cliff. So, but you're right. They mostly blow up and catch on fire and melt. What what is, posting photos of Andrew Cuomo? Oh my god! I'm just looking at Andrew Cuomo. Who the Van fuck Art. is Travis Bickle? He's the character I mean, from fucking goddamn taxi driver. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Who the fuck is Travis Bickle? Also. Basically, right now, uh, there's a lot of discussion as to whether or not Jamal Bowman should be expelled from DSA. He voted for the Iron Dome and has been supportive of... He's a fucking dork. He is a dork, yeah, and he's very supportive of Israel. And uh, it's just not in line with our beliefs as an organization. And I think if DSA was worth, had the courage of their convictions, I'll say... uh, my favorite, most uh, recently rediscovered phrase. Um, you know, they would do it. They would listen to the chapters. Didn't he also praise Colin Powell? Yeah, he did. He also recently <laughs> praised Powell after Colin Powell died. Which, yeah. What a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he makes us look bad. I mean, my personal opinion is that we need to have a level of separation. And we need to like allow that level of separation. It's challenging, though, because there's like certain levels... Like, we can't just expel everybody who's, like, elected to office, but, like, we do have to, like, be harder on them as members once they're elected. And we do have to hold them accountable. I do think there needs to be more of a separation between, like, officials who get elected and have a national platform and us as an organization because of things like this and because of, like, everybody likes to talk about AOC, but because of, like, the consternation and, and controversy that, like, AOC has caused also. So, it's frustrating. I guess I didn't, I didn't realize that... The question is about expelling him from DSA. I thought he was just like endorsed by a DSA chapter. No, he's a member. He's also a member. I see. Which is weird. Ben Shapiro is a DSA member. That's true. That's very funny. Donald Trump is a DSA member. Expel him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Wait, is he at Ben Shapiro? Clean up your fucking books, DSA. Because I think, okay. Yeah, Ben Shapiro is actually a DSA member. Seriously? Yes, yeah. of course he would do something like that. What a very cool, what a very cool dude. Yeah, what a very fucking, cool. He, he's I rad. don't know. I think I honestly think that's funny. No, it is funny. That's like such an easy How way to own the DSA, but he Probably still like did it. Like he kind of did. Like he owned us a little bit. He did. Yeah, I think the thing he is, DSA has, DSA has this problem where they're so like chomping at the bit for that 100k number Members, membership. Yeah. They're salivating for it. And so they don't give a fuck <laughs> who joins. <laughs> and so, oh, anyways. One solution for not having this happen is to not run DSA members as Democrats hmm. because then they won't have to participate in party line shit, basically. Yeah. 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 But then at the same time, it's like, of course, chapter leadership is going to be in favor of running DSA members as Democrats because the leadership is always the most like liberal 
it doesn't represent the actual popular sentiment in the chapter. It represents the people that are basically like the best at PR, you know? Yeah, nor does it actually represent, especially in Boston, like the actual like people. There is a stereotype of the white liberal college educated person from a middle class background being the person who has enough time to like get into theory and to become like an activist of some kind. And that's that stereotype is very true in DSA. And it's problematic because a lot of those people are the people who get leadership positions, as Jesse said, because they are trained. They they learn. They've gone through the system. They've had the the time to learn how to do those things. They've had the support, the safety net to learn those things. And that is not representative of the people that we're fighting for, really. I mean, it's not that we're not fighting for those people, but it's like all these conditions, like they're well off. It's not that they don't suffer under capitalism, but they're not the front fucking lines, basically, you know? We have a co-chair who's not white, but I think he has had the chance to do all those things you just said. So it's probably moot. He's also not BIPOC. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, you know, there are exceptions, but they have a, like, a background that allows them, you know, a similar experience that would have given them the time to have the understanding and approach to social sociability the way that they do, you know? This is what college does. And I'm not saying college is a bad thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college. If it's right for you, you should. But I'm saying that college does have a liberalizing effect. That's largely the point. It's largely about codifying and finding your best place in the society of capital. And that's little else what it's meant for. So that's all I have to say about that. I don't know. I Sometimes it is interesting, like people that go into college as libertarians that learn the history of the imperial project and study political science. Sometimes they'll come out on the other side as like hardened Marxists. This is true. Like Brett O'Shea, the Rev Leftos, like... He has a master's degree in political science. And like his education was what helped get him like radicalism or exposing yeah. the Marxist ideas. Well, that I mean, that really comes down to like if you have a good educator, you know, part of it at least. There's like a, a level of education that everybody is exposed to. Yeah. Like Econ 101. That just kind of assumes that everybody has the, enough capital to start a business. Right. <laughs> You don't like to learn about all the other shit. You need to learn historical materialism in order to understand what economics yeah. actually consists of. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just, it's just all made up. It's just all made up anyway. It's true. <laughs> Doesn't look like anything to me. I was struggling with that in... I was trying to develop the most wholesome possible picture of the elections in Nicaragua. And there are some self-described Marxists that really really hate socialism if it is an existing implementation of socialism like everything is bad only the ideal is good everything is bad did you guys know that jamal bowman was a middle school principal now i do i think that gives some some useful context cool who he is used to dealing with horny children (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what what are middle schoolers Horny children. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just stating. I want to go back and stating watch a fact. Big Mouth now. I I don't know. Don't I don't. That was not what I wanted to be thinking about tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Speaking of kids are gross. Children. Yes, kids are gross. What also is gross is that I just I want to make. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. The more I've been thinking about it, the more I kind of think 
just let people have their fun. But I just noticed some people from DSA, both within and without our chapter, who have been making tweets that are critical in a kind of gross way towards um, like low income food or what would be considered low income food, which I don't like, I don't think you should be criticizing what other people eat in that fashion. Uh, like you can say something that you don't let you have purchased that you try and that you eat is gross. You think it's gross, but like, don't then take this next step by saying like, and if you consume this, like you are gross, like that's always like the last comment. And I see that as like, okay, it's going too far. But again, People are allowed to have their fun, but it gets to a point where joking feels a little, you know, especially considering what we've said about the uh, economic and background dynamic of many of these people. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Well, give you an example of, we'll of the something book. that they... Like people saying that like Pop-Tarts are gross and then if like you eat a Pop-Tart, then like you're a terrible person and stuff. It's like, what? It's very weird things like that. Wait, what's just Pop-Tarts? They're like Pop-Tarts. No, other this things too, but that's just the pinnacle of, of human degeneracy. Yes. They're like Pop-Tarts, no, literally the worst. they're not that far. Yeah, <laughs> they said yeah. Pop-Tarts are fascism. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. How dare you put I wonder what they would say about what I eat on like That's a true. semi-daily basis. Yeah, just like don't talk shit about what other people eat, you know? That's basically yeah. what I'm saying. That's basically all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about positive things, folks. Do we have positive things? Yes, Jesse has quite positive things. Oh, that's good. I want to talk about happy things, man. So there are three countries that I would like to focus on. And those countries are Venezuela, mm. Honduras, and Nicaragua. So on November 21st, the GPP, which stands for the Great Patriotic Poll, <laughs> which is... um. It's a, <laughs> it was a political coalition organized by the PSUV or United Socialist Party of Venezuela. They just fucking owned in the, the elections. Real ownage. Venezuela is comprised of 23 states and the socialists won in 20 of 23 governorships and 205 of 322 mayoral races. And this was the race that Wait, 205 of how many? 205 of 322. Oh, okay. Um, and obviously they have the executive office. Maduro, contrary to popular belief, actually a socialist. You know, I don't know any of his actual like politics or policies. Really? I never really I've never really looked into it. I know I'm a bad I'm bad at keeping up with the international stuff. Apologize. It's okay. Maybe we can get into it a little bit more and uh I mean, he mostly has carried on in the spirit of Hugo Chavez, which is, it's not traditional socialism, like it's not exclusively Marxist. Um, there's a sort of South American socialism that it's tailored a little bit more to like the ecology and economies of the actual situation that most South American countries find themselves in, because it's not fucking 19th century Prussia. <laughs> it's 21st century South America. And uh, South America. a lot of these nations are just, they either have to completely separate themselves from any economic powers and build from the ground up whilst having a strong enough military that they can like fend off military aggression and make do with the allies that they have in the East. So it's more of a national liberation framework than it is United States intervention. a Marxist 
centric framework. Okay. Like even Castro, not the Castro that I'm going to talk about in the next story, but Castro, Fidel Castro, like he didn't call himself a socialist for a long time. Yeah, because the Cuban government still characterizes it as the revolution is still happening, don't they? More or yeah. less. Yeah. Like they still have an impetus for, I guess, conducting themselves as if they're still in a, a national liberation struggle because they fucking are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still dealing with like serious sanctions and Yeah, they can't even get ketchup. Is that true? Everybody deserves some fucking ketchup. That's what I, that's what I heard from like people in Canada because really Canadians could go to Cuba yeah. and they always were like, oh yeah, bring bring your own ketchup because they have like weird ketchup there apparently. Wow. Oh, is that's, it weird or is yeah, it a lack that's, of ketchup? That's a, <laughs> that's a true war crime. That's a travesty. Weird <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> Anyway, so these Venezuelan elections, of course, the uh, OAS, Organization of American States, has claimed that they're completely fraudulent. And um, this is despite the fact that so there's a a group, Democratic Unity Roundtable. They just said, like, we're going to do we're going to do a protest and we're not going to vote in any of the elections. And then that went great for them. Um, They didn't get any votes. So I guess... So they succeeded. Goal achieved. They decided to, uh, in this past election, they said, you know what? We're going to participate and we're going to fucking win. And they didn't uh, win. They were largely crushed by socialists. So... It's what you like to hear. We crushed them. Like I was listening to an interview uh, with the Venezuelan correspondent and he was like, man, like we live in the shittiest dictatorship. (laughs) Like they let these opposition parties participate in everything and they still just, just get their asses kicked. The the most obvious problem is that like Juan Guaido is the leader of this, like that guy's still around? Yeah. That guy's like, still around. Come on. I don't know. It's kind of like he's like cosplaying as the president, but nobody takes him like nobody in Venezuela takes him seriously. That's good to hear. Important trading partners with the United States recognize Guaido's like self-declared president. I don't know. He's uh, he's he's very very obviously just like a fucking puppet. Yeah, he just showed up and was like, "I'm president." He was at um, pushing aside like all his name CIA people and like FBI people just like pushing him to the center. He's like, "Get out of here! Can't see you." Who's that radio dipshit that died of lung cancer? Uh, you're talking about Rush Limbaugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was he was at like the Rush Limbaugh like Medal of Freedom ceremony or whatever. Guaido was. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like peak cringe. There's a lot that is seriously wrong with the Maduro administration, but this is a good opportunity for some backstory on Venezuela's economic crisis, which I did a half-assed job of explaining while we were still recording, so let's go back in time. With more oil reserves than any other country on Earth, Venezuela joined Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, and Saudi Arabia in founding OPEC back in 1960. In the same year, Venezuela established its first state-owned oil company and imposed a 65% tax on the profits of oil corporations. Fast forward to 1976, 
President Carlos Perez entirely nationalized the oil industry, that's all drilling, refining, and exporting, under the PDVSA, or Petróleos de Venezuela, South America. PVDSA was permitted to partner with foreign oil corporations only if it held at least 60% equity and operated with minimal government oversight. As oil prices fell in the 80s, Venezuela took on debt from its purchases of foreign refineries, including Sitco, in the United States. In 1989, Perez took a bailout from the IMF, that's the International Monetary Fund, on the condition that he would implement a harsh austerity package, thus leading to the social unrest and subsequent coup that would put Hugo Chavez in power. Over the next decade, Chavez clawed back private enterprise and foreign assets into the hands of the state and the Venezuelan people, and subsidized neighboring countries, e.g. Cuba, with Venezuelan oil. This transitional period was, as could be expected, hindered by corruption and the influence of debtors in the global north. Chavez, upon his death in 2013, was succeeded by current head of state, Nicolas Maduro. Shortly thereafter, a series of sharp drops in global oil prices would cause Venezuela's primary source of income to proverbially evaporate, leaving the nation unable to afford maintenance of its own drilling and refining infrastructure. Maduro's attempts to keep the economy afloat have resulted in all subsequent versions of the nation's currency, what used to be called the Bolivar, quickly depreciating with hyperinflation. Crushing sanctions on Venezuela's capital city, Caracas, and multiple failed coup attempts have only intensified the poverty which has ensued, yet the Venezuelan people have not given up the struggle for sovereignty. Inflation in the United States leads to inflation elsewhere, but inflation anywhere outside of the United States does not affect our currency. Wait, it doesn't? <laughs> not really. I mean, huh. that's sort of the what is called modern monetary theory. And I understand why it's called modern monetary theory, because <laughs> the theory of general relativity is also called a theory. Yeah. But it's basically just recognizing gravity that, like, is still a theory. Yeah, yeah. Like we can, we have the capacity to print our own money. The value of that money is not pegged to anything that actually exists. We don't have like you know a gold equivalency. Well, well it's pegged pegged to the feeling in our hearts that it is worth. That's something. true. It's, <laughs> you know, pegged, it's pegged to something. It's pegged to the pegged patriotism. To yes, yeah. it's pegged every single night. Yeah, it's pegging us with its mm -hmm. belief. Yeah. That's what fiat means, people. This might be an unnecessary point, but MMT asserts that governments who issue fiat currency are primarily confined by inflation, not by debt or tax revenue. The economy is stimulated through public spending, jobs guarantees, and high interest rates. Banks need not be incentivized to borrow money at low interest rates because increased economic activity de facto increases bank reserves and thus results in lower interest rates. In this optimally utilized economy, Inflation is accelerated only through excessive spending. I'm sure Joe can give a better explanation of this than I can, but my point was that we have much more control over the public sector and foreign markets that deal in US dollars than traditional economists would have us believe. The issues that Venezuela have had is largely due to inflation and uh, the fact that they are being sanctioned extremely heavily by all of the Western allies and the... Uh, the bringers of liberty. So they, they've had to do trade more exclusively with Eastern nations, which there's a lot more mutual aid between like Russia, China, 
Cuba, Venezuela. It's almost like they have to operate in a sec a separate economy. And as China continues to develop develop their private sector more, like you're seeing more problems in China with wealth disparity. But mm, on the whole, yes. their economy is growing immensely quickly, especially with the Belt and Road Initiative stuff. So yeah, I mean, another problem that Venezuela has had to deal with is because previous administrations had been more willing to work with wealthier northern countries, returning back to national liberation sort of alienated them from who they had been doing business with prior to, while a lot of those like executives were still somewhat entrenched in the government. So there was like an internal conflict inside of the Venezuelan government when Chavez and subsequently Maduro came into power. The Venezuelan government is like a five branch government rather than five branches. Shit. Yeah. Shit. That's that's two more than we have. I don't know if we could. I don't know if we could like bear that. Two One of more the branches five. Is like a, it's like a civil branch. So <sighs> Three there's like sense. a liaison between the populace and the government where people can like bring le- legislation to the highest office by getting a certain amount of signatures and all this shit. So it's like supposed to be a more direct communication between the working class and their representatives. Hmm. Imagine if we had that in our government. Okay, so getting back getting Woo! back to the news. So anyway, the um <laughs> the socialists like swept all most of the elections and the OAS is not recognizing it. They're calling it fraudulent, which is not surprising. Fuck you, OAS. I mean, I'm sure there was some sketchy shit. Like there were some guerrilla leftists that did some shit that's reminiscent of like what the IRA was doing, which is in my in my view pretty tight but in the view of you know a capitalist that's terrorism so (laughs) just i guess it depends on how you look at it Mm. second we have honduras honduras held a general election on november 28th actually i wrote this whole segment out so i don't have to stumble through it though the tally isn't final i can safely say that hondurans have elected ciamara castro of the Liberty and Refoundation Party, Libre for short, to be their first female president. Uh, no relation. No relation. No relation. Just she actually kept her um, maiden name. Hell of a family. Castro's <laughs> husband, Manuel Zelaya, was deposed in a 2009 coup by business elites on the Honduran military, and she actually took second place in the 2013 presidential election after 18 people associated with the Libre campaign were killed. Guatemala deals with some serious fucking violence. Um, I mean, not Guatemala. Honduras deals with some serious fucking violence. Guatemala um, might as well. but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. There's a, I'll, I'll get to Guatemala later in this uh, spiel. She very narrowly lost in 2017 as a running mate to Salvador Nasrallah against... Juan Orlando Hernandez of the right-wing National Party. The results of Xiomara's most recent campaign, however, earned her a majority of the popular vote, while only a plurality would have been necessary to win the presidency. She got like 53% or something. She ran on a campaign rooted in democratic socialism, vowing to introduce an entirely new constitution by referendum, to establish diplomatic relations with China, to repeal draconian abortion laws, to crack down on the corrupt dealings of other current office holders, to fight for women's equality and against poverty, among other stuff that we like to hear. And we do like to hear it, folks. Oh, yes. We love to hear it. 
Thank you. Yeah. Um, much of this will undoubtedly be hindered by Honduras's reliance on trade with the United States. You display this as a trophy. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> much of this <laughs> will undoubtedly be hindered by Honduras's reliance on trade with the United States and funding from the IMF, let alone harsh scrutiny of the American Drug Enforcement Agency. Uh, to get an idea of the Honduran political landscape, on November 4th, presidential challenger and retired army captain Orellana was forced to withdraw his candidacy upon being arrested by Honduran authorities for drug trafficking and homicide. Hernandez, the current president, has been credibly accused of similar conduct, and his brother is currently imprisoned in the United States. So when you hear about this shit, when Lula goes to fucking prison for like, I don't know, he didn't have to pay the fucking deposit on an apartment or something, it sounds pretty absurd. But luckily, I think Lula has been vindicated. Oh, yeah. Shiamar Castro will officially take office in 2022. The struggle to implement socialistic policies will undoubtedly be brutal, if not dangerous. It makes me a little uncomfortable that the OAS hasn't already declared the election fraudulent, as is typically the case when a socialist is elected south of the border. What? What what the fuck is up? What is the OAS exactly? The Organization of I think American States. How? What power do they have? Well, aren't there more states south of the equator than there yes. are north of the equator? So wouldn't they? Yes. Override a. Well, I mean, it, what, what America are they referring to? The whole continent, north and south. Ugh. Well, it's kind of a misnomer. They they audit elections basically. Um. But what what are they? Actually, I should look this up. I'm not a, I'm a smart person. The Organization of American States, or the OAS or OEA, is an international organization that was founded on 30th April 1948 for the purpose of solidarity and cooperation among its members, member states within the Americans. The headquarters are headquartered in the U.S. capital, Washington, D.C. The OAS has 34 members which are independent states in the Americans. Since 1990, the organization has forced on election monitoring. The head of the OAS is the Secretary General. The incumbent is Uruguayan Luis Almagro. All right, that's what they do. They have the power to, like... They don't uh, really have the power to do anything, but, like, Americans think they do. Okay, so they're just posting. Okay. They were the body that, like, they declared the re-election of... Are they the people who, like, backed... They backed like the Why fascist, yeah, yeah, the the fascist coup in Bolivia. Oh, capitalism, folks. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, I have to find his name. It's gonna drive me crazy. Evo Morales, that's his fucking name. Yeah, they were. Right. That was that was the group that um they declared the election results when Evo Morales won a clear majority. They called the election fraudulent and as a result installed the fascist opposition that ended up like killing protesters and um even though it's an indigenous majority country the lady that was sworn in swore in using a i think she used a catholic bible oh yeah 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 so it was basically an open openly hostile to indigenous bolivians okay um it makes me a little uncomfortable that the OAS hasn't already declared the election fraudulent, as is typically the case when a socialist is elected south of the border. But I suspect that the Biden administration has painted itself into a corner 
having pledged to invest four billion U.S. dollars to ensure election integrity and peaceful transfers of power throughout Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. I shall cry a single tear for the Imperial Corps whilst I play my tiny violin. Biden is likely more interested in reestablishing transparent trade between the U.S. and Honduras as other socialist nations turn to China and Russia for support. Oh yeah, and I should also note that conspicuously missing from the OAS are Cuba and Venezuela. Well, technically, Venezuela is part of the OAS. If you concede that Loki fell off. Juan Guaido is the president of Venezuela. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This this last one, this is like Nicaragua. This is like hard for me to wrap my head around because the more that I dug into this, the more it seemed to follow the typical there's almost like a model for the way that the United States talks about and treats nations that have undergone national liberation movements like Cuba, like Vietnam. Hmm. Basically, the Sandinistas have been in power in Nicaragua since 2006 when um, Ortega won the popular vote. Since then, every year he's gained more and more support. And uh, that might be difficult to comprehend given the way that Nicaragua is covered by Eurocentric news outlets. It's often painted as like a backward sort of dictatorship in which everybody yeah. like eats garbage and well, I haven't does heard that, but slavery. I've heard the first thing. <laughs> the way that I would characterize Nicaragua is first off, the Sandinista movement, the reason that it's called Sandinista, it was named after the revolutionary Augusto Caesar Sandinito. <laughs> uh, Augusto Caesar Sandino. Sandino. Cesar Sandino. Apologize for my whiteness, folks. Sorry. Like this to me is reminiscent of all of the other national liberation fronts that the U.S. military tried to crush. But the Sandinistas first organized to resist the United States occupation of Nicaragua. And as the movement grew, eventually they were able to overthrow the Somoza dynasty and seize power at the highest levels of government. I'm just going to read straight off the Wikipedia. They instituted a policy of mass literacy, devoted significant resources to healthcare, and promoted gender equality. It also says, but it came under international criticism for human rights abuses. (laughs) I was about to say. Mass execution and oppression of indigenous peoples. Any of that true? Did they actually suppress indigenous people is what I mean. like Jumping in here to give a more conclusive answer than I did at the time. The FSLN absolutely does not oppress indigenous Nicaraguans. There were two sources cited for this claim on the wiki page. One was an archived 1983 article from Time magazine that makes the Sandinistas sound based as fuck. And I actually suggest reading it, so I will put that in the show notes. The other source was... Get ready for it. The Black Book of Communism, famously cited by libertarians as proof that communism has killed over 100 million people. I suspect the Contras were included in that death toll. As for more recent allegations of mistreatment of indigenous Nicaraguans, I linked another article that summarizes a 79-page booklet of interviews with those allegedly oppressed people. Spoiler, those allegations are also bullshit. 
Okay, so the U.S. It even says in the wiki article, the U.S. government accused Nicaragua of genocide. The U.S. Secretary of State Alexander Haig pointed to a photo published in Le Figaro, alleged to show mosquito bodies being burned by Sandinista troops as evidence. However, the photo was actually of people killed by Samosa's National Guard in 1978. So yeah, let me just put it this way. I have not seen anything that would lead me to believe that Sandinistas oppressed the indigenous Nicaraguans. Okay. I'll believe you over the United States. Okay. And capitalists. No, I will. I'm serious. I mean, the same thing, again, same thing happened in Vietnam, where in America, they used propaganda um, images of people being executed, and they attributed the executions to the National Liberation Front. Even the fucking name is the same. They attributed the executions to the National Liberation Front, but it was actually Vietnamese civilians, like little kids that were killed by American and South Vietnamese soldiers in indiscriminate bombings and gunfire. So there's so much of history that we're probably not really ever going to know. And it just kind of depends on who you believe. Yeah, I get that. Like there are parts of what happened in the Soviet Union in like in the 1930s that like we're literally never going to fucking know because we're still talking about it. (laughs) All parties involved are far from from neutral parties. Whatever. I don't we don't have to get into that. But um, the Sandinistas have been extremely popular among the working class Nicaraguan people. And um, I found like articles from all sorts of perspectives from like Americans that traveled to Nicaragua, from local Nicaraguans, from people who lived in other countries that were ostensibly Marxist and from Americans that had never been to Nicaragua that had no pretense of being Marxist. And basically the bi- the biggest picture that I can draw from this is that it's probably a good thing that Ortega is continuing to be reelected because the alternative would be to cave to the imperialist interests of the United States. And while there is still, there's a lot of parts of Nicaragua that are underserved by the public infrastructure and public health systems and stuff. But again, that's a problem of because they've made a significant attempt to like liberate their own people from uh, the sort of boot of the IMF and World Bank and all that garbage. They just don't have a whole lot in terms of local resources to generate capital, basically. They still are somewhat reliant on trade. And as is true with Venezuela, they were only able to get vaccinations through Chinese, Russian, and Cuban manufacturers. And so Nicaragua has one of the best um, health indices of South American nations and also like gender parity, which are explicit goals of their reforms that the Sandinistas put in place. However, the, the issue that people are pointing to this time around is that a lot of the opposition leaders were imprisoned for sort of questionable charges like treason and shit. But like some of those people were capitalists that were basically planning to dismantle the public sector in Nicaragua. Some of them weren't though. Some of them were like defectors that were former Sandinistas that developed sort of like Chomsky-esque <laughs> tendencies and you, you know in <laughs> in exile in exile and na- well it's like 
Like that's a platform that I don't I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand taking. I say a, it in chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> taking like a a stance that is in all manners opposed to violence and in all manners in favor of free press as is the case again with all of these other socialist nations like they have to walk a very fucking fine line between just inviting private enterprise into the country and maintaining a staunch anti-capitalist bottom line like what i noticed in researching the nicaragua situation is that the only way that Nicaragua has been able to develop like local economies is to like there's private industry. Basically, they subsidize small businesses. They don't have monopolies. They don't have vertical and horizontal integration. They have like grants for family owned businesses. There, There are free market dynamics, but they operate on such small scales that corporations are not calling the shots. And I mean, Vietnam is similar in the way that they do um, price controls. They have like a national fund so that they can they can offer like financial incentives for individual small producers. And it actually seems to work pretty fucking well in terms of like growing an economy such that the locals can benefit from it, but it doesn't get too big. Like anybody can get healthcare in Nicaragua. Emergency healthcare is 100% free. Um, for everybody, but non-emergencies like areas that that don't have a lot of economic activity are going to be underserved. Basically, it would take a lot of resources that the country just doesn't have at its disposal of its own accord. Contrast that with Singapore, for instance, where the state has a fuck ton of capital. So of course they don't pay taxes. Of course they have public transit, like with the snap of a fingers. Of course they have universal health care. And of course it's actually universally accessible. But Nicaragua is just not as developed. One of the reasons that people continually support the Sandinistas is because they have brought public infrastructure like roads and such to places that previous administrations had either ignored or just treated the people like complete garbage because they couldn't be exploited for money. And that's what they'll do to you, folks. <laughs> there were like some questions about why the turn, I guess the turnout in Nicaragua was like 62% or something, hmm. which is better than it is in the United States. Yeah. But for Nicaragua, that's low. Huh. They basically prevented the OAS from overseeing these elections. And that in itself, I am not suspicious of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were like different reports from different people about what the actual elections turnout looked like. And the more I dove into that, the more it seemed like in Nicaragua, they haven't implemented like proper lockdowns. Like they're just under vaccinated. They don't really have the resources to get everybody vaccinated yeah. or to like impose any kind of authoritarian anything. The best that they can do for now is limit public gatherings to to like 20 people or something. And so like, there was a steady stream of voters, but there weren't a lot of people gathered in one place at the same time. And they did have um, troops, National Guard soldiers, at the polling stations, which were characterized by outsiders as basically an extension of the military dictatorship. But I read an article by this guy who has a blog called like L.A. Progressive or something. And he was like, I wanted to see what the fuck was going on. So L.A. Progressive. 
so I went down there and um, there was a woman that had like, she like passed out. She had like heat stroke or something. And basically what the guards did was immediately grabbed her and got her into an ambulance so that uh, she wouldn't die or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was sorry. <laughs> it was just like a safety precaution. Um, when you live in a country where at the drop of a hat, a foreign military is poised to literally come in and fucking try and kill everybody as the Contras thing happened a little bit before my time. I think you're a Contra. But uh, I'm sure there are some listeners that will remember playing the video game, the Contra affair and how brutal and inhumane the American military response was. It's a damn hard video game too. Yeah. So wait, people just were like criticizing them for having um, like, the military like at the elections Mm -hmm. i mean they're aware we have like police at our elections i don't know yeah people are like oh my gosh can you imagine that the wielders of deadly force in the state are have a place at the elections could you believe such a thing yeah inconceivable inconceivable so yeah um in conclusion (laughs) probably a good thing you know in conclusion probably a good thing all right Thank you, Jesse. That was I'm proud that you got through it. Thank you. Give him a round of applause. Thank you. A prize. A prize. A I live for thee. A pause. I'm Give gonna have to applause. cut that way down yeah. in post. Yeah. Does he live? For, do you live for the applause? That is loud. Sorry. Woo! Let's. Yeah, uh, it was. I'm, I apologize. Okay, I apologize, mother. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mother, that was weird. Mama, take us away. <laughs> Only some shit. Hey. Also, I just want to say, if you have the time, watch the the watch the Beatles get back. It's it's enjoyable. And then read the new left critiques of the Beatles White Albums. There, there's fun to read. It was fun to read. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I might want to watch that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, get whatever. back? Uh, All eight hours of get back? It was eight hours? It's eight Jesus. hours long, yeah, dog. <laughs> All right, well, maybe you should just pick the best part. What? I thought the whole thing is the best <laughs> part. Gonna, instead of watching get back, I'm going to watch Peter Serafinowicz's uh, periodic segment entitled Ringo Remembers, where he... Uh, imitates Ringo Starr. Like all of part that never happened. Two and three are worth watching, and then like there's a part in part one where Peter Sellers comes to the studio. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hopping. You can't make this shit up. I do. Do. I do. Unfortunately, start with a <laughs> retraction from last week. A retraction about uh, the dogs inheriting their yeah. Their or sorry, I don't I don't know why this is a Wolf. Fox Business article was all I could find, but apparently uh, dog that dog he doesn't own the mansion. He, it's a joke. There's some Italian guy. This guy's name is Maurizio. Is some Italian Leon. guy? Yeah, this is some Italian yeah. guy. He's just like a rich Italian guy who eats a lot of the gabagoo. His his family owns a pharmaceutical company. He's rich. He can afford a lot of the gabagoo. Yeah, he can eat the gabagoo whenever he wants. He's been using the story of Gunther to uh, promote real estate sales and other projects. And oh. I am livid about this. 
So we so spoke. Bad. We inadvertently spoke positively about a, about a landlord. About a you're saying? Yeah, I guess that's what happened. I mean, Spencer would have been a landlord to the six cats or whatever if he in fact owned the house, but he doesn't. He doesn't own the house. It's time that we all ritualistically commit suicide. All right. How much of a lie was I? Okay, I don't understand. Well, apparently, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> how much of this was? Like, how much of it was a lie? But, yeah, how many dogs are owning buildings? A lot of dogs are owning buildings right now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I hope I hope that there are dogs that own buildings. Okay, but this dog that was does a not. German countess. Okay, okay. So I she doesn't I... exist. She's fake. The, the German countess. Yeah, she that's exist. bizarre because it's that also lie. means I think I heard this when I was driving because I was driving on a Sunday in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, Which means that sun, one of the potential and things and to listen to besides music is one of those and like NPR radio. like wait wait don't tell me things, and they Ooh, had this yeah. as a story, and I was yeah. like, to uh, NPR didn't didn't fucking fact check. NPR did well, what do happened? The hey, here's what happened. The AP, the Associated Press, it all came from them. They did the story. Uh, Associated. And they, I- they are eating shit right now, like so hard. Oh, they really? Are, How uh, are they like? Very sad. They're saying the AP published a story that did not meet our standards and should not have been published. We did not do our due diligence <laughs> in the reporting process. We just fucking told you about to get it. Yeah, so fuck that. Anyway, Alex Jones. Here's some actual good stuff that you can't it. make up. Actually, good maybe is going a little bit far, but uh. Yeah. That fucking bastard. Hey, he made me care about a dog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't this know. Is so Arby's fucked. is like, what should we do? This is great because it's Arby's. Arby's yeah, is, Arby's like, is getting into, gonna make the, some into the spirit and distilleries business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite friend. So, you could say that not only does Arby have the meats, they also have the wheats. Because alcohol. Well, well, but it's potato-based alcohol. I know, but it's alcohol. That's the only thing I could think of in just such short notice. The so it's good. We have the beet. <laughs> they should make a, a beet, a beet-derived alcohol. <laughs> and then a beet sandwich. We have the wheats. We got the wheats. <laughs> we got the wheats. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got the, the wheats. <laughs> What's that? It is beet alcohol. Is oh no? Yeah, you just take borscht. Yeah, it's and called rum, it. dude. Be- what? No. Oh, what? Sugar Wait, beet. what's well, yeah, sugar beet? Okay, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a. Must be twenty-one years or older. Drink responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like, why the fuck did you decide to make a vodka that's fry flavored? But then they were like, well, it's a potato-based liquor. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, I mean, like, you got of... me there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We I mean, whatever. Okay, you're 22. You're telling me you're not gonna fucking buy the Arby's vodka? Oh, you're gonna buy it. Yeah, okay. I mean, if so I shut was the like fuck 19, up, okay? I would be getting my friend who is 21 to buy this for me. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then eating. There's gonna be so many drunken accidents in kitchens that was fueled by this vodka. Okay, this is gonna happen. Yeah. Girls are gonna cry. Guys are gonna end up with glass in their in their hands and cheeks. Somehow, this is gonna happen. Somehow. They're gonna be drunk on this Thursday. vodka, and they're gonna regret their decisions. But they're still gonna drink the vodka because you know only live once. 
There's a celebrity chef and purported Arby's aficionado named Justin Sutherland, who has created two signature Bloody Mary recipes using both of these vodkas. Well shit. The recipes also feature other Arby's menu items, such as horsey sauce <laughs> and Arby's sauce. But put some horsey sauce I mean, in your Bloody Mary. <laughs> I... Like, I'm at a point in my life where vodka would probably have, like, a very detrimental effect to me, on me, on my body. Yeah, me too. But I'm I can't try curious it. as fuck what the curly fries taste like, so. <laughs> yeah, it's distilled with cayenne, paprika, onion, and garlic. I'm less curious what it tastes like now. At okay. what point is, <laughs> is there, like, a timeline that I can find online somewhere of, like, at what age line. you should stop having certain alcohols because it's too bad for you? Uh, 30. It's whenever you can handle it, I 30. think. What if you don't drink alcohol so then you don't know if you can handle it? <laughs> I mean, honestly, every time I go to the doctor and they ask me if I drink alcohol and I say no, they're just like, oh, that's great. That puts you at a much lower risk for like a bunch of different diseases and conditions. Yeah. yeah that's nice. It's, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, because like this summer I tried so many different so many as in like three, but like several different medications. Yeah, and every oh. single one of them's like, oh yeah, don't have alcohol with this. Literally every medication says like, don't have alcohol with this. And it's at the point where it's just like, maybe we just, maybe we should be having alcohol in the first place. If yeah, literally I'm, every medication is like, don't have alcohol with this. I'm not going to lie. As a recovering addict, alcohol never appealed to me because it's fucking horrible for you. You know, like if I'm going to get fucked up, I want to do so and then not feel like shit the next day because I'm like recovering from being poisoned. <laughs> yeah. Like the only points <laughs> in my life where that seemed like a, a worthwhile trade-off yeah. for the benefits I would get. And I can't say me because I'm speaking for Ellie here. This was all Ellie. Like there was a period about 10 years ago, like in our early 20s where Ellie was very unhappy and that was when they drank the most yeah. and like even being hung over it was worth it for like the temporary numbing of like awful feelings oh no I, I like i can't I was, I was a bit of the same in my 20s and i just like can't even imagine the prospect of like dealing with a hangover now <laughs> the reason that usually you feel like shit when you're hung over is because the way that your body processes alcohol is it converts alcohol into acetaldehyde, which is a group one carcinogen, and it is toxic. Yeah. It's not good for Pretty you, folks. Straightforward. It's not, not, a, not a complicated... Uh, yeah, big brain. This is a very uh, thoughtful discussion we're having here. Thank you, Arby's. <laughs> if you're going to drink, drink responsibly, of course. I got to say, though, I don't think I've ever had a hangover um all right uh for context really? listeners how old are you 24 there you go okay <laughs> but I, i've also like never got blackout drunk i don't know i just didn't really i just way. don't like alcohol because it's just like i just can't drink it because i'm just too worried like if i'll act like a drunk person and i'm like oh no wouldn't that be terrible i'd be feel so ashamed and then i just go and <laughs> do something else <laughs> Alcohol is not also not fun if you're alone. So like, I mean, unless you have like, <laughs> yeah, that depends. <laughs> Sorry, it depends. On who you are. What? Uh, they say you don't have a problem until you until you start to do it alone. 
hold steady, Lyric. It's okay. You don't have to take it seriously. I know that a lot of people with ADHD struggle with substance abuse, and that is one of the things that is just not relatable to me, unless it's like, you know, taking meth every day. So. <laughs> Wait, are you saying you take meth every day? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Got her own shows, Walter White. All right. Getting late, folks. Alcohol. Been going for a while, folks. Are you? Are you? Have you finished your story? Yes, just, I have finished. Oh, sorry, that was me. <laughs> Maybe, either, I don't know who you're Damn, acetaldehyde is really fucking bad for you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you don't want it in your, in your body. Yeah. I know what you're saying, Jesse. When doctors are like. Like they'll ask you that too, and I'm like, yeah, I have like maybe one a month, if at most, and they're like, wow, that's great. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, the it's like they have a whole list of shit ready to go. Yeah, and then when you say no, they just skip the whole entire page. They're like, all right, we can. Yeah, just they're like, yep. yeah. I was like, can we skip to the meth part? Like, <laughs> the meth part. but no, I, I joke. Maybe that's it's prescribed to me, but it's just funny. Well, to- did you hear the last episode? I don't remember. No, I didn't yet. No. You can get prescription meth, but there's only mm. one company that can legally produce it. You can also get like prescription wow. like ketamine. That's true, but that's you have to like go sit in a chair and have somebody injected into your thigh or whatever. How do you administer prescription meth? You don't just like <laughs> it. <laughs> no, they're tabby. time to inject your meth prescription. <laughs> Babe, it's three p.m. time for your <laughs> meth injection. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's my It's literally just meth tablets. How does the body process meth? I'm gonna look very carefully. We take amphetamines every day. It's just the liver, right? Metabolism. Alright. We'll we'll delve into the to the intricacies of the human body another time. The human meth body. <laughs> Anyways, Jesus. As Jesse looks this up. <laughs> I'm looking at how is meth processed? If the show is how never end, okay. <laughs> and it's like no, not how it's no, not how it's meth is made. Like, <laughs> just, just tell us, tell us what your name is, baby. Kidneys. Get us on that train. Oh god, not <laughs> kidneys. Just me oh. frantically googling meth. Listen. I am playing with a knife. Are you listening? Unrelated. <laughs> Are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. Yes. Kidneys. 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 Don't we love them, folks? But it's like an easy. It's like an easy metabolic process. Like it doesn't create anything toxic. Oh, so it's better than alcohol. Ah, wonderful. Yeah. Literally, your kidneys just take it out of your blood and put it into your pee. And everything is better. Yeah. So that that made me that makes me sad because for the longest time I would tell people, oh, I'm a lightweight because my like li- my liver is tired from doing other stuff, and that seems to be a bit a lie. <laughs> my liver is tired. From my <laughs> my, li- my is liver tired. is otherwise occupied. <laughs> <laughs> my liver's you know like getting swollen, lifting weights, yeah. doing some community service, doing some organizing. Yeah. Taking care of other livers. Learning how to play kazoo sometimes. Catching the latest <laughs> episode of Secession, yeah. Yeah. Busy kidney. Depends on how acidic your blood and pee are, though. <laughs> My name is Blood and Pee. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Like a, there we go. My name is Scott. Oh, my God. Dr. Fish Machine. Huh. <laughs> God damn it, my name is Scott. Is that like hot mess or hot piss? Hot piss. Hot piss. I'm gonna fucking blow my brain. <laughs>
Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I love it. My name is Scott. My name is Scott. Sweaty Wife on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, fucking Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram. Follow me there. It's where I do my bullshit. Fuck all of you. Sarah, you're nowhere on the internet, right? So we don't have to go to you. Uh, Hava, where are you? <laughs> well, darling. We can't call you, Sarah, if you want to talk. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just you can say hello. You can me. say who you are. No. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to diminish you. No, I honestly was refreshing. I was like, great, I don't have to (laughs) have something, I don't have to to find something uplifting and polite to say. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) You were very polite last week, yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm Hava, and you can find me at readingsbyhava.com. My name is spelled T H A V A. And I do weird second readings that aren't like kind of thing. His eyes uncovered! Oh, obligatory. Right. Yeah, I think we're at the point where that doesn't make any sense anymore, no. but we just keep doing no. it. No! I create <laughs> None of these make sense anymore. Mounds for the old heads. What the hell is this? Some kind of tube? Uh-huh. And Five heads, old heads. Yeah, and he's Jesse. Woo! Jesse. I Sorry. You can find my music on soundcloud.com slash contingence Boston, C O N T I N G N C E Boston. Remember, hit up comrade-rosie.org. <laughs> it's like that getting involved tab. Choose whatever visual aid groups to donate your time, labor, and or money to because we're in your help right now. Ugh. And I have a slam recommendation, and I'm not going to struggle to bring it up this week. I have a song recommendation. Go listen to Vampire Weekend's I Think You're a Contra. It's pretty good. Is that new or old? It's That's old from one. their second album. So it's a few, like, eight years old, I think. Yeah. Right. More than that. Probably more than that. Your Modern Vampires slam recommendation for the week is... Is an album entitled... Until all flesh decays. By Pighead. It's a lot more poetic than. Uh, Usually, it's much more verbose. Yeah, Pighead is a little bit slam tangent. It wouldn't be a one hundred percent slam categorization. Maybe a little grindy. They're, they're slam tinge. Grind Grindesque. Yeah. Groundish. Grind like. Groundfish. Ground roundish. A little ground roundish. Ground roundish. Ground pig. Pig fish. Let the pigs go. Patreon. Patreon.com slash epic incredulity where you can find bonuses like the Majajri. Boner content. And boner content. We are launching the epic of incredulity only fans. We are like a year late to the party on OnlyFans. Yeah, OnlyFans isn't necessarily for porn. It's true. Don't we love it? We could just have a regular one. But don't. I know, but you said you said love. you said boner content. What's our username? You Epic Incredulity. Yes. We are that on fucking Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. TikTok. We're on TikTok and Clapper. Clapper. And YouTube and MeTube and, and R-Tube. R Tube. R2D2. 
<laughs> good night. Yeah, yeah, good night. <laughs> but tank what are we doing? We're saying but tank We're saying good night. We're saying tank That is an epoch. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's an epoch. Our, that's our, a fucking epoch for famous your, trademark slogan. Quote, really say about that, that is an epoch. It is an epoch. Unquote. Uh, how yeah. Do I get here? yeah. Epoch that be. How do y'all? That, that is the very yes. That is the very yes. That is the very essence of the epoch, there, folks. Jesus Christ, man. of ketchup I'm, not, I'm just giving an example i i know there's other people who make ketchup i'm just saying this is like just not that it probably tastes weird or else no one would care you know it's, it's not better American than heinz ketchup. ketchup yeah fuck heinz ketchup heinz ketchup can suck my ass more like <laughs> yeah okay that's good <laughs> people use that verb with that with that thing i just imagine like a you guys know math stuff like like Gabriel's horn or whatever. <laughs> you know what that I is? It's like did. a shape with like finite volume but infinite surface area. Yes, it's just like I know a, like a sucky about. thing. I just imagine that. It's <laughs> <laughs> also called Torricelli's trumpet. Yep. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Hmm. Where's the drop that's yep. like smell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding. That's fun. You're bleeding. Ah. What? Wait, where did this come it's from? It's the smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. I don't know how that happened. Disease. My arm just bleeding Rachel's somehow. Anyway, eye. that was really weird. Oh, oh, that's what that one's It's like three How much fine. Jeff Goldblum do you have on that? I don't only have like one, one, dog. Uh, the if I may one. Uh, oh yeah, I do have if I may. If I may. No, but I have. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I have a. Uh, that is one big pile of shit. No. <laughs> I love that Jeff Goldblum like occasionally oh appears on the. Dodson. Uh, Dodson, we've got Dodson here. I don't even I know if I've ever but... like seen that person in a in a movie. This is all from Jurassic Park, yo. Yeah. Ah oh, shit. Oh no, that's the San Andreas. Okay. <laughs> and the only one I've got on my side is the blood sucking lawyer. It's a good movie. Go watch Jurassic Park, Sarah, if you haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Which Well then it... go fucking watch it. It's about dinosaurs. Mm, but scary. <laughs> it is but scary, but very good though. Yeah, that's one of the few movies that still reliably like makes my pulse quicken at certain places. Yeah, I don't wanna do I don't mm. I mean it's worth it. I want movies where it's not exciting and nothing happens and nothing scary happens. Oh, okay. (laughs) No.
I don't know why my arm's bleeding. That's really weird. Why are we still recording? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> bonus content. So you talk about my arm bleeding. Inexplicable <laughs> mm-hmm. blood. Yeah, I just I just like looked down my arm and it was just like you know like when it's like when you um. Right. You know, it's like when you, um, like... Well, let me know how things go. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> it's like when you, like, have, like, skin...